Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. So now, from Moses to the times of Jesus, there is the law. Amen. And the law is brought not so man can keep the law and establish themselves as going to heaven, but the law was really brought forth to show it's impossible for man to attain that level of perfection. The institute of the offerings was to give peace to the individual that God is going to redeem them. The offerings are symbolic of looking forward to the sacrifice of Jesus. Amen. Throughout their scripture, it's talking about the Messiah is going to be crucified. Well, it doesn't use the word crucified, but it says his hands and feet will be pierced. Amen. He'll be raised up on a pole, the brazen serpent. Right? All these things, anyway, point to the Messiah, which Jesus has to fulfill. But the purpose is to show man it is impossible for you to be good enough that God will accept you into heaven unless you offer the sacrifice for your sin. And the sacrifices were symbolic of the sacrifice of Jesus. Amen. So we get to this point that Jesus is now teaching his disciples about these things. He's exposing these things. He's showing them That he is the Son of God. Amen. And here, walking on the water, Jesus says, If it's really you, command me to come. Jesus is demonstrating them through the miracle of the five loaves and through everything that's been going on. He's showing them he has the power and the authority to do all these things. Nature itself has to be bow its knees to Jesus. That's why he can walk on the water. Amen? I'm sure he wasn't up on the mountain saying, yeah, they're far enough out now, Lord. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and walk out there to them. We'll give them a show. If he wanted to put on a show, he wouldn't have sent the multitude away. He'd have sent the disciples out in the middle of the lake, then turn around to the people and said, all right, now, watch this. 
and start walking. He didn't do that. His disciples were in trouble. Jesus' command was to meet me on the other side. That's why he's walking that way. Now, if they wouldn't have called out, if they would have continued to try and do this on their own, he, the Bible says he'd have walked on past them. Would he have left them out there to die? I doubt it. What he was trying to show them was, hey, what's the problem? I'm going to the other side. I told you guys to come to the other side. Are you coming with me or are you going to stay out there and toil? Amen. He's trying to get them to use their faith. And Peter says, if it's you, tell me to come. One word. One word from Jesus. Peter was able to subdue nature. And he walked on water towards Jesus. Peter's a fisherman. One, if you go back, it says he constrained his disciples uh, to get into the boat. It's because he knew you're not supposed to be on the lake when weather's coming in like this. Two, he's a fisherman. He knows men do not walk on water. And three, as he's walking on the water, I believe the devil threw this big wave up and splashed water in his face. And he started looking around and began to think. What in the world am I doing out here? In the world system, he's not supposed to be there. But he took his eyes off Jesus. Jesus told him to come. That's what he was focused on. And he could do it. But when he took his eyes off Jesus, where he began to sink. Amen. Let's look over, uh, go to Mark, no, Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Just a couple pages back. Verse 23. And when he entered into the ship, uh, Jesus is starting to, to really hammer at home. And he goes into a ship and his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. He had ministered all day, amen, and most of the days prior to that. This just shows how physically draining ministry can be to the human body. You know, I don't have time to go into it. When you minister spiritually, led by the Holy Spirit, and you're laying hands on people and seeing them healed and delivered, and you're casting devils out, as well as preaching the word and teaching it, it is physically draining. And this shows how deep of a sleep Jesus must have been in. Amen? Because it says that the waves were washing into the ship and the ship was filling up. It, they couldn't bail it fast enough. It's raining that hard. And it says Jesus was asleep on a pillow. Amen? And he was probably drenched. 
But he was in such a deep sleep. Deep sleep rejuvenates your body. That's a proven scientific fact. I mean, light sleep, waking up every 15, 20 minutes, you wake up in eight hours, you're still tired. But if you get into that deep REM sleep, you wake up refreshed. Your body re is re-energized. That's where Jesus was. He was so physically drained from ministering all day that even the rain and the waves wasn't waking him up. Amen? That's why in verse 25 it says, His disciples came to him and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? Why are you so full of fear? O oh, ye of little faith. And then he arose. He got up. Alright. You woke me up. Let me take care of this. And he rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this? Even the wind and sea obeys him. Amen. Turn over to Mark chapter 3. Mark 3. Glory to God. Is Mark 3. Oh, Mark 4. Mark chapter 4. Mark 3 begins his day. Let's put it like that. It says he entered again into the synagogue. There was a man, this is Mark chapter 3, verse 1. And there was a man there who had a withered hand, and they watched him whether he'd heal him on the Sabbath day that they'd have something to accuse him of. And they said to the man with the withered hand, Stand up. And he did. He asked the Pharisees, is it legal to heal a man on the Sabbath day to do evil or to save life or to kill? And they held their peace. And when they looked around about them with anger, anger, see, it, it is okay to be angry with authorities spiritually. Some people get on me because... Sometimes in my Facebook posts, I get angry. Something is on there, especially when I see government officials, be it the president or members of Congress, that does something spiritually wrong. They're endorsing darkness rather than light. And it makes sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it makes me so angry that I'll get out there and I'll let them have it with both barrels. Spiritually speaking, amen. I will not hold back when the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and tells me what to do. And some of you say, that's racist. Or, you know, I've been accused of that. Oh, you're saying that just because the president's black. Hello? He's the president. He's the leader of this nation. If we endorse someone who upholds evil rather than good, who upholds and promotes immorality rather than morality, then this nation is condemned because of him. He is the elected leader of the people. The majority of the people of this land endorsed him. Therefore, the majority of the people of this land are condemned with him. 
And if the majority of the people of this land are condemned, that means the majority of everything that goes on in this nation is condemned as well. And this nation is condemned. Let me make no mistake about that and what I'm saying. The United States of America is a condemned nation. <gasps> Brother Bob, you shouldn't say that about our country. I mean, this is a great land. This is America. Yes, it is. Or should say, yes, it was. The land of the free and the home of the brave? Not anymore. Not anymore. We are no longer a world superpower. This president has single-handedly knocked this nation off of the pedestal. There is no other leader, leading nation in this world right now. Russia's moving its head. China's making their inroads. Iran is trying to rise up. And America is sticking its head in the sand. All under the leadership of an immoral president. At any rate, sometimes I get off on a tangent like that and people you know, will write posts on there condemning it. But guess what? I don't care. I really don't care what you think about me or what I preach. I'm standing on the Word of God and I'll back it all up with Scripture. Amen? At any rate, here is an example of Jesus being angry with the authorities of his day, grieved with the hardness of their hearts. Amen. I relate to that. And then he commanded the man, stretch forth your hand. And as the man stretched forth his hand, it uncurled and was normal just like the other one. And the Pharisees left, and they went out and immediately took counsel with the Herodians, conspiring with them how they could destroy Jesus. But Jesus withdrew himself with his disciples to the sea. And a great multitude, multitude from Galilee followed him, and from Judea, and Jerusalem, and Idumea, and beyond Jordan, and Tyre, and Sidon, a great multitude. When they heard what great things he had done, they came to him. And he spoke to his disciples that a small ship would wait on him because of the multitude. So there's the ship. He told his disciples, go get me a ship so I can stand in it so they're not pressing upon us and, and they come down the water. I can minister them from the ship. And he healed many. And so much they continued to press upon him just to touch him. And many of them had plagues. Unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him, cried out, You're the Son of God! And he's charged them they should not make him known. And he went up into a mountain, called him who he wanted, and they came to him. And he ordained twelve. I want to focus on that. He ordained twelve. Remember, there is more than seventy disciples. Amen. That's a pretty good church, even in today. You know, you go into a lot of churches in America, there might be 10 people, 15 people, if that. Jesus, without a building, had at least 70 disciples, if not more. That We know there was a lot of people that followed him. Amen. And here he separated 12, that they should be his inner circle. He ordained them. 
Ordained simply means to set apart and to anoint. And here, he, he ordained them that he could send them forth to preach. That word preach means to declare, be a declarer, like a herald. And to have power. He was giving these disciples his power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. And then it goes on down through their names. Amen. We'll skip over the part about, uh, you know, if Satan's divided against Satan and all that, but he's teaching, he's ministering, he's showing his disciples how the kingdom of God works. Amen. He continues to do so and telling them about, you know, the sower sows the word, and some the birds ate, and some fell on the rocks, some fell on thorns, and but some yields fruit, right? He's ministering this, he's showing them how the kingdom of God works. Amen. And over in verse 33, such parables he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. Without a parable, he did not speak to them. We're in chapter 4, verse 34. When they were alone, he would expound all things to his disciples so they could understand what it was he was teaching. Now understand, he is teaching his disciples how the kingdom of God works. That's important to remember. Now evening was come. He said, okay, let's go over to the other side. We want to go over to the other side. And when they sent the multitude away, okay, folks, sermon's done today, teaching is done, healing is over, we're done here, we're getting ready to leave, Elvis has left the building, y'all can go home now. They took him even as he was. What does that mean, even as he was? He was exhausted. He was wore out. He was physically drained. They took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. That's where I wanted to get to today. Glory to God. It took me 45 minutes. But I finally got us to the scripture I want to share with you this day. There was with him other little ships. Amen. Verse 37. There arose a great storm of wind. Waves beat into the ship. It was now full. Jesus was asleep in the hinder part of the ship. Asleep on a pillow. As we just said, the waves are beating the ship. The ship is now filled up with water. It's getting ready to go under. It's raining so hard, the wind's blowing so hard, the disciples can't keep up with bailing it out. Jesus is still asleep. He was that physically exhausted. He was in such a deep sleep, he didn't even recognize the trouble they were in. Why? He didn't have a care in the world. Amen. He told the disciples, let's go to the other side. Figuring after all that they had seen him teach on, heard him teach on, how he explained the teachings of how the kingdom of heaven worked. He said, all right, boys, let's go to the other side. And he went and took a nap. And they come and woke him up. Saying, Master, don't you care? We're going to die. 
Don't you care we're going to die? No, Jesus didn't care. He didn't have a care. He had told them to go to the other side. Why are you waking me up? And he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace! Be still! And the wind ceased, and there was a great call. And then he turned to the disciples. Hmm. Sometimes when I preach this, I do it in a rebuking tone. Such as, why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? And sometimes I'll minister in a personal level. Like, why is it you're so full of fear? How is it? How can it be you don't have any faith at all? So you can take it either way you want. But then the disciples said they feared exceedingly. They are full of fear now. And they said one other, what kind of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? See, some of them are really filled with fear. Like, wow, this guy is something else. This guy here. I mean, he's got some power. Even the wind and the sea obey him. And the, they're full of fear. That's what it says. Amen. But let's go back. You know, verse 5. Chapter 5, verse 1 says they came over to the other side of the sea. All right. We're not going there. Go back to, and there were other little ships with him. Do you think the storm on the sea affected the other little ships that were with him? The word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Mark was not with the disciples when this took place. This has been handed down to Mark by the disciples. Mark, when he was with the Apostle Paul, is believed that the book of Mark, well, one, is a compilation because it says it elsewhere in Scripture. I can't remember right now. But Mark was with Paul and is believed that one of the times Paul was in prison in Jerusalem, that Mark, you know, he's ministering to the needs of Paul and taking care of him, and he's staying with the disciples. And he is asking them questions about what was Jesus like? Tell me some of the things he did. You know, I, I was too young. I don't remember, uh, you know, what Jesus was like or anything like that. But can you tell me? What he did, you know, some of the things that he did. So he is receiving this information firsthand from the disciples, and he's right now. Now, the Holy Spirit led the disciples to tell Mark to write down these stories, these parables, these events that happened in Jesus' life. Why do you think that one sentence? matter to the Holy Spirit to include it in the canon of the written word of God on the life of Jesus. Chapter 4, Mark 4, verse 36, And there were also with him other little ships. Why was that important? 
Why does the Holy Spirit want us to focus on this today? Because they were still with Jesus. He was in the other boat. It may have been a half mile between them. You know, other little ships back in that day, they may have traveled, you know, a hundred yards apart. It didn't say, and there was also another little ship with him. It says there were other little ships, plural. It doesn't say two, three, five, seven. It doesn't, it doesn't say. All we know is it was more than one. And it was traveling with them. It was probably the boats carrying the other 70 disciples. Amen. But now look at this. If you had 12 disciples in one ship plus Jesus, that's 13. Amen. And let's say you also have the captain of the ship. That's 14. Maybe the first mate. There's 15. 15 people in this little boat. And Jesus had at least 70 disciples. That means there had been at least four or five other little ships traveling in a group going across this lake. And the storm came down on the lake. And if the boat Jesus was in, do you think that's the only boat Satan's trying to wipe out? No, he's trying to wipe out the whole group. Every single boat there was in trouble. And Jesus is still asleep. Everybody that was with Jesus, Satan's trying to destroy. Every single one of them. The other boats were in trouble just like the boat Jesus was in. And when Jesus got up and rebuked the wind, and commanded the sea to be calm, be still, and calm came upon the sea, do you think the other little ships were still going through a storm? And it was only that little area around Jesus' boat that calmed out. No. The other little ships were blessed just like the boat Jesus was in. Amen. Every single ship that was with Jesus experienced the same miraculous deliverance. And the point I want to make from all of this that we've talked about this day, as long as you're with Jesus, He will protect you. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.